on all. Welcome back, everyone, to Fearless in Devotion, uh, the podcast. As you know by now, or you should know by now, sponsored by The Fat Boar, one of Wrexham's finest uh, dining and drinking holes. Um, so, no game to discuss this week, sadly, because Forest Green, uh, the game was called off um, late on. Um, and commiserations to everyone who had started the journey. I understand, uh, Tim, there were quite a few that got sort of stuck uh, in an accident on the way there, on the way back, weren't there? Yeah, yeah, one of the Wrexham fans, can't think who it was now, forgive me. Um, he actually uh, stopped to give a couple of statements to uh, emergency services. It was quite a bad, bad accident. So, yeah, just added insult to injury for all those that travelled. Um <sighs> Postponements are going to happen, aren't they, this time of year? And we weren't the only ones that day. There was quite a few. I think Bradford was another. Barrow, maybe, I think. Mansfield. So, quite a few washouts. I get the anger about there being a, an 11.30 uh, pitch inspection. My understanding is that both managers wanted the game on. Um, it was the referee that decided it was too dangerous. So, I think in the cold light of day, you look at it and go, all right, it's, it's a... It, it's a bit crap. We, you know, we could have done playing the game, but then it gives the opportunity to to get some of the walking wounded back fit. And um, yeah, we just have to strong arm that game into a midweek now. Bloody British weather, eh, Andy? What are you going to do about it? Yeah, it was a bit late, wasn't it? Barrow called theirs off nice and early. I suppose you have to in Barrow because it's Britain's longest cul-de-sac. Um you can't do anything about the weather. I mean, the only thing was I saw a picture of the pitch a couple hours later and it looked it looked all right then. Mm. But you can't say that it's going to stop raining at half eleven. Um, you don't want to start a game and then and then stop it with everyone in in the a la older shot. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we don't yeah. want to see Paul Mully with a squeegee again, really, do we? So we don't. Um, do, you, do do you think this they should change the kind of process to that though to like make like. If there's, if there's any doubt whatsoever, then you make a mandatory pitch inspection at 9am to give more time for people to go, right, I haven't left yet or I'm only half an hour into my journey. Because I, I understand that they'd want to give as much time as possible for that match to be on. But yeah. surely a judgment call has to be made earlier, especially if that much rain has fallen overnight. Or at least it would maybe even give people a heads up so they go, oh, you know what, I'll give it an hour. Before yeah. I leave, I was going to get there early on lunchtime and have lunch, but I'll leave it a bit longer. Yeah, maybe. It's a good shout. Although it didn't stop some people from having a great day. Uh, the South Wales Reds, who I think had raised their first bus of the season, had more than 50 on it, found out as they were crossing the Seven Bridge oh. that the game was cancelled. I don't know. Turn around and go home. They honoured their um, their booking with uh, the pub. I think it's the Beehive in Bristol, where the landlord is a big Wrexham fan, Rufus Roberts. Um, and some of them spent the whole day there drinking and then eating in the evening. Others went to watch Bristol Rovers, I think. Um, so a good day uh, had by all, uh, I understand. And also it didn't fare uh, too badly for the team as well because um, other results went our way, Andy. Yeah, uh, you would have, uh, just looking at it, Stockport got, got a late equaliser, fair enough. But they are stuttering a little bit, aren't they? I think if you put pressure on Stockport at the moment, they're not the, the unbeatable side we thought they were a couple a couple of months ago. I thought they'd run away with it with the, the quality in the squad, but I'm not so sure now. They are. I mean, it's just the same with this this league. Anyone can beat anyone on, on a given day. It's It's quite tight, and that's why we shouldn't really get down when we lose or draw a match. And, you know, the results went for us. Crew, who I was, were looking dangerous, they lost. 
So, yeah, second place with a game in hand, it's starting to look, you know, if you look at back down, back down the league, um, it's so tight up until about six, and then there's a drop-off from, from Wimbledon for about five points. So you would think that this top six will, will start moving away a little bit now, and it's a case of who can get into the top three, but I still give us a very good chance of doing that. I'm, I'm a Wrexham fan, and I don't particularly want to sit here and say, I think we're going to get promoted, uh, because I know what can go wrong. Uh, but part of me does sort of think we might get promoted. It's happening, Andy. It's happening. No, no come on. <laughs> Something will go wrong. One of our strikers will be bitten by a poisonous spider. Uh, <laughs> remember that. Jesus wept. Twice. One, one, <laughs> one season, uh, John White uh, got a tropical disease. And then second, second season after, James Gray got bitten by a tropical, uh, sorry, a poisonous spider. What the hell do you do after that? Yeah. Hmm. Did you see, did you say teams had dropped points around us last weekend? Yes. yes. What do you mean? Well, that brings me neatly onto my book of a conquer entry. Oh. Funnily, you should say it. Don't give me that. You've got you've been accused of emasculating me and bullying me, saying put him back in his corner. So don't start gilping. You've been warned. I've had good feedback, whether people people take the piss or not. I've worked on about twelve different versions this week, and they're all not very good. So this one has just come to me in a moment of pure poetry and genius. So let me remember the lyrics quickly. Right here we go. It's happening. Teams are dropping points around us. Wrexham FC in full flow. Tis the season. Got a decent keeper. Merry Christmas. A conquo. Whoever said that the Welsh and natural singers needs to uh need to take a well, listen like, to that zoom, it was in zoom, tune zoom is doing me dirty zoom is doing me dirty i thought you know oh yeah it's, had, it's not I me did, zoom i had to twist my testicles to the left at least two times to hit those notes so what am i getting a mark out of 10 here or what it was in tune uh the the a uh, at the end fell you know it felt nice it, it worked. Uh, there's um, not enough. That that's not a terrorist chant, mate. It takes too no, long no, no, to no, build no, up no, to no, the Conco. I didn't. So. I didn't plan on being at a terrorist chant, but let the man who likes Giuseppe Verdi speak. So let, let, let's have a. Uh, thank you. Uh, I, I I did think it. I, I thought it worked again. Maybe not a terrorist chant. Um, but you know, don't. I'm not gonna. You know, try and stop you from sparkling, Tim. You you sparkle away every week on the podcast. Brilliant, thank you. I now know, I now know what it feels like to be on Britain's Got Talent. Andy, go on, just just be the coward. Oh, hang on, have I got a buzzer? Yeah, I was um, going to say. Uh, Done it, the uh, golden man. All right, um, moving on. Uh, swiftly, swiftly. The, the, the women are through to the Boot Energy Welsh Cup. Um, Tim, after defeating Britain Ferry two 0 they're just going from strength to strength. It seems and recovered from that um, that result down in Swansea. Yeah, it's been a bit of a break. Um, the free free weekend or fixture break. Um, back straight to it. Clean sheet for Dal Morgan. 2-0 win. Yeah, I mean, we keep saying it, don't we, week after week, that they, they've gone into this division and just acclimatised fairly easily. You know, second place, sandwich between Cardiff and Swansea. Yeah, upsetting the uh, monopoly in that table. So, yeah, great for them. 
onwards and upwards for for Steve Dale's team. So great stuff. Happy for him. And uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see where they finish. I think they'll probably win the Welsh Cup. I think they'll win it. Bold claim. Let's that hope so. Europe. No. Does that get Europe where you need to win the, the, the Adran outright, do you? Yes. Yes. Mm. So that might it might be a building block. It might be a step too far this year because Cardiff quite strong, but you know, mm. one step at a time. Yeah, there. Uh, um, go from strength to strength. Uh, in other news, well, the, probably the biggest news is the temporary stand, which we were discussing last week, which has gone up at a rate of knots. Andrew. Yeah, um, they absolutely piled that up. I mean, I don't mm. know where they've got the contractors from. You're right there. You're going to do hit us with another song there, Tim. About the absolutely. temporary stand. <laughs> no, 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 no. I've I've had my moment of glory. I'm happy. I'm waiting for Merry the... Christmas. Temporary oh, stand. Temporary <laughs> stand. <laughs> um, oh, happy opening. <laughs> yeah, I'll do. Um, yeah, it looks it looks pretty good. Um, it's going to be cold, isn't it? Yeah, it is going to be cold. It's going to be cold in the cold road, and the cold road is cold. Um, yeah. logistically, how is it, how is this going to happen? Are they just going to like release a whole new? bunch of tickets is it a bun fight is it going to go into members first uh does anyone i hope it's going to members first because i didn't get a ticket for the newport game and i'm desperate to go so um really looking forward to the stand i'm being yeah really looking forward to the stand being open because i did i did have my doubts about it being ready for the 23rd but don't see why not now please help um, reese get a newport ticket because he hates them more than me and andy do yeah uh, I, I'm not. I, I won't discuss Newport on the podcast, but if you want to discuss them with me over a pint uh, on the 23rd, you'd be more than welcome to. I um, mean, in a personal capacity, not a professional one. It has no, to it's purely, purely personal. Yeah, <laughs> very, very personal. Going back to what you were saying about the stand, yeah, it's not. It's not going to be. It's not going to be roofed, is it? It's not going to be cupboard. Um, it is going to be cold. Um, how would? If you'll say you're in that stand, Reese, how would you keep mm. warm? Um, how would I keep warm? Well, I'd sing uh, Tim's Oconquo songs <laughs> non-stop. And then uh, it would be a flurry of punches. That Axel F one, the original and best, has got legs. It, sang, it happened a little bit at Harrogate, has to be said. Did it? Um, it did, yes. Okay. Much, yeah. much shout out to Wrexham's uh, Premier WhatsApp group boys for, for blasting that one through. Okay, fair play. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, I, I'm not sure I've got any better advice other than to wrap up warm, Andy. I mean, would you would you offer any better advice? Um, well, my my mate Chris's dad always takes a little sort of uh, hip flask of whiskey in, so so maybe wow. maybe a, a wee nip every now and again. Um, I got bought hand warmers um, from my secret Santa with work a couple of years ago. I've never used them, but maybe that would that, that would be when I'd crack them out. Are you famous for having cold hands? Is that no? I, I didn't think I did, but then apparently I, I rub them a lot, so rub them together, <laughs> like a Bond villain, so. <laughs> like Vic Reeves in yeah. Shooting Stars. <laughs> Must be, uh, yeah. Tim, any advice? Um, or keep him warm. Uh, you know what? I mean, without the risk of signing ill, get some thermals on. Yeah, worth thermal, thermal socks, feet. Yeah, and it's gonna it's gonna be that classic case. I know we 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 laugh about it a little bit in jest when when you go away from home and people are sitting in my you're sitting in my seat, and that's an annoyance because it should be like just sit anywhere away from home. But 
with it being this new stand, there are going to get you know, people are going to get confused with the seating unless it's clearly marked, which I'm hoping it will be. So you're going to get the old one going, oh, you're in my seat or standing up in front of them. So mm. you're going to be sat there for a long time. It's going to be cold. Thermals, hand warmers are definitely a salient idea. Solid, solid hat, strong gloves. Yeah. And if you're a massive, massive texter, get uh, get some gloves with the old little sort of tips where you can, the mobile phone friendly gloves. Fingerless gloves, yeah. Like, like a violinist. Not, not fingerless, no. Pointless oh. then. Oh, no, oh, yeah, yeah. With, with the, with the yeah. sort of textured tip. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Fingerless will just make you look um, slightly unusual. Because I had a pair, it's not a good look. But still, for more for more winter clothing advice, uh, come back next week. Uh, we've got a big guest coming up. Before we do some news in that the Wrexham Shrewsbury game, the FA Cup uh, third round will be on Espedwanek. Um, do we know about ESPN yet? It will be. There's no way. Um, I'm, I'm sure they'll be covering it, and S4C are just picking up the coverage. I'm sure that's how it works. I think ESPN are pretty are pretty set on covering any yeah. Wrexham FA Cup match they can. You know, so if they're doing our... Blive away, I'm pretty sure <laughs> yeah, they'll, they'll do this. So for our American listeners, that's something to look forward to for you guys. Um, and um, yeah, let's let's hope for another cup run. It will be a tasty affair, I'm sure. normally do tony we normally do an introduction i want to do this a little bit differently um i'm firstly i'm going to ask you a question so andy marriott carl conley darren ferguson lee trundle carlos edwards brian carey gary bennett these are just some of the people that brian flynn signed but who do you think he thought was his best ever signing <laughs> can i tell you what he said to me or is that, is that i his... said it to all the players tony but go on <laughs> As he said that, to, as he said that to everybody, that's the only thing. He did yeah. say he did say it was me, but he, he told me that. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. You might have told many people. <laughs> right, I'm gonna rather than do you an intro, I because whatever I could say wouldn't be as good as what Brian Flynn could say. So I'm gonna say what Brian Flynn said about you, which is from the our fanzine issue number two, still available if you want it. He said. Um, who was my best ever signing? Tony Humes in 1992 by an absolute country mile. We needed, <laughs> well, we needed a centre half at the time, someone who could give us some leadership. I said to Kevin Reeves and Jerry Jones, let's get our head together. I rang Arthur Cox, Bobby Robson's assistant and a great football man who I knew well, and asked him if he had someone like that he could loan us for a couple of months. He said Tony was the one. Arthur told me he's 24, he's been here since he was 15, he's a Geordie and we want him to have a long, long career. It's just not going to be for us. He's down at Ipswich, he's playing tomorrow for their reserves against Charlton Reserves at the Valley, if you want to have a look. Joey volunteered to go. He left Wrexham at 9am for a 7pm kickoff and got back at 4 in the morning. He came in at 10 and told us, we've got to sign him, he's going to be our captain. Arthur told me, that when Tony wanted to miss training, to let him do it because he knew his own body. That's exactly how it was. He'd have Mondays off and a light down on Thursdays, but he could always depend on him for class and consistency. Well, with that, uh, with that, class and consistency, <laughs> Mr. Class and Consistency himself, Tony Humes, how are you? Yeah, I'm all right, thank you. Yeah, not too bad at all. Um, firstly, before we sort of go, go into it, uh, it's, you mentioned Arthur Cox then. Was he down at Ipswich or was he still at uh, Newcastle at that point? I think it must have been when Bobby Robson was at Newcastle, I would imagine. 
I he's never not when I was at Ipswich, he wasn't there anyway. So um not that I not that I remember that anyway. So um yeah, I mean there's a there's a there's a few similarities to that story there. There's a few discrepancies as well that I remember, but it might be might be might be slightly different, Ooh. but you know, similar similar lines. Go um, on, give give us some discrepancies. Well, the, 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 the one that Brian Flynn told me was, a, it was a, I'm sure it was a guy called Dave Kirkley, who Brian knew for years and years, who whether whether he worked for Brian or whether he was just close with Brian, I think it might have been from around when he was in Burnley. Um, and Dave knew me, from, he was a Geordie boy, Geordie uh, chap, and he knew me from when I was a kid up in the northeast. And obviously, whether he followed me when I went down to Ipswich when I was, let's say, 15, 16. Um <clears throat> And then the similar sort of thing happened. And I think it was both Joey Jones and Kevin Reeves came down to watch me in a reserve game. Um, very similar to what you said about the timescales. Because yeah. it was a hell of a journey those days from Wrexham down to Suffolk and what have you. Um, but yeah, it was very, very similar. I, I think I'd, I'd, I'd started the season in the first team at, at uh, Ipswich. I broke my arm in a, in a game up at Newcastle. Um, sort of, I think it was September time, and that was my last ever game. I never played again, um, mm. and I, I needed to get out to continue my career. So, you know, luckily it seemed to suit both parties, both myself, because you know it was a great opportunity for me to go and start playing again. And you know, I fulfilled what Brian and Joey and Kevin were looking for. Yeah, I think you certainly did. So you came two months after the FA Cup win. So obviously Wrexham's in vogue. It's 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 you know it's 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 making the news. But we we certainly weren't doing very well in the league. Um, was it an easy decision to make to come to Wrexham? Because it's you know you're coming all the way across the country. Did you have a young family to think about? I mean, how hard is it for for a professional to to make that sort of decision? These both you've got the two sides of the hat there. Exactly what you said. You've got the family side where you've two young children i had two young daughters at the time um one was just i think when i moved one was only about five six weeks old um right. so so it was a big a big decision um from the from the family point of view but from a from a professional point of view from a personal point of view football was all i ever wanted to do and i think my, my time at ipswich had come to a to an end i knew that and i needed to go out and play and i think that's you know brian brian flynn sought me that he wanted me there. He believed in what, without probably seeing me play, he believed yeah. in me. And uh, obviously, the, like as you say, the the FA Cup win over over Arsenal had just highlighted everything about it. And Brian's, you know, Brian sold the club. We're going places. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. And it it just worked for me. It worked for me, you know, to to take the chance. Um, you know, I was twenty six then. Obviously, I had a young family. I needed to play football. If I wasn't going to play, I, my, my career could have just gone and, you know, what was my next step then if that ha had happened? So I needed to take a chance, um, which turned out not to be not to be a chance at all. It turned out to be probably the best part of my career. You know, no. I, can say, I can say that wholeheartedly. That's, a, that's the, you know, the nine odd years I spent at Wrexham was the, was the, was definitely the best, best time in my football career anyway. I mean, I just want to talk um, about sort of joining. I mean, Jones knew a, a thing or two about being being a defender. Um, how did you get on with him? Any sort of stories? And did he could he even he teach you something about the dark arts that you didn't know? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I think there you know there was there was always the 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 working with them. 
but they, they they just give give us give us so much belief. They give I think they give every player so much belief that they could do what they you know what they were good at, and you know Joy's own career speaks for itself and how he how he um, often went into these challenges and he was a you know one hundred percent you know on the pitch. He gave everything and you know left nothing nothing out there. Um, and I think I, I was probably a similar type of player. You know wasn't always the you know, probably the most cultured at times, but you know, my size, uh, you know, just just short of six foot. Um, I needed to be able to compete. You know, when you're playing centre half, you know, both with you know going to both me and Mel Pedic, you know, and, and who, who were centre halves in that season, neither of us were six foot, but we sort of seemed to, you know, click together and work together. Um, without being the most, you know, you wouldn't wouldn't look at us and go, oh, God, look at, you know, they, they'd probably relish the chance. Centre forwards, yeah. six foot three, six foot four, would probably, oh, we'll, we'll get on top of them today. But, you know, we had to use our physicality and our strength. And, you know, Pedge was one of the strongest players I've ever played with, you know, even though he was what, five, five, ten at most. But God, was he strong, um, both mentally and physically. And I think we just, you know, we just knew how to use our, our physicality and aggression at the right time. Yeah. Just when you did sort of join, it's there was a lot of youngsters there, but there was, was there a, a particular play where we, where you got into training and you went, oh, he's good. Anyone who sort of really surprised you with 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 ability, really? I think there was there was quite a few to be honest with you. And <laughs> there was quite uh, was quite a few, and you you know you, you I think Lee Jones had just gone from from Wrexham to Liverpool. I don't know if it was before yeah. before obviously it was before I got there. But you know, Lee went for a decent amount of money, and um, you know the likes of uh, Gareth Owen, Phil Hardy, Paul Connolly. There was there was a lot of good, talented young players there. You know, some some went on and and you know had a, had, had a better careers. You know, some didn't quite quite move on and get and get there, which was a travesty because they, some of them were you know excellent players. You know, Steve Watkins, another one who did go did move on and did go down to Swansea. Um, but just real good, real good. I, I, I loved one of the things I loved about um, uh, Wrexham when I came to the club was was how Brian sold as well about the young young players there and having been at Ipswich and come through the ranks at Ipswich. I think you know the way Bobby Robson moulded the club um, was was built along the same lines, and you know that sort of given me my sort of ethos into how I believe the game should be played. When I moved on, worked in academies and things like that. That 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 really, it really just felt like home to me. To be fair, when you know when I came to Wrexham, because that was a, a similar sort of club to what I what I sort of experienced at Ipswich. Yeah, I want to talk about your first sort of full season. Um, I mean, in in our lifetime, we've only tasted two promotions. Tim, yeah. that's it. That's right, isn't it? You we three, uh, three, three. Well, what was the other one? So you had you had ninety two, ninety three. You had yeah. 2002, 2003, and you had oh yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. Okay, two two league promotions anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I mean the, that that conference was such a dark thing. I'm, I'm trying to wipe it from my memory. I, I can't anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I think this was the 92, 93 was the first one I can remember. I was quite young at the time. I obviously couldn't go away, but there was some certainly some matches that really, really sort of stuck in my mind. But firstly, sort of. Coming together in pre-season, that 
that year, Gary Bennett had come in, um, and I think we, you know, we needed a striker. Did you look at him in training and go, "Hang on, he could be the difference here," or did he did these a sort of player who only came alive at match day? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that was that was Ben Hall in a in a, in a, t, in a, to a t. In a, in a training session, he would he would do what he could. He would go through the motions. Never the most technically gifted player, but on a match day, well, his record at Wrexham speaks for itself, doesn't it? The, the goals he scored. But if you look at some of the goals he scored as well, you would think you know he has got technical ability. But he was, yeah, he was he was something else. You know, just for those, I think it was the first two years, wasn't it? He scored twenty odd in yeah. the first season, and then was it the next season he scored forty odd? I can't yeah. remember if it was yeah, the yeah, next yeah. one or if it was the one after. But you know, you you, you looked at it and and thought, you, I think that the, 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 we started the, first, the 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 promotion season. We started averagely, I would say, at best. You know, we weren't we weren't setting any any uh, setting any fires alight. We weren't we weren't probably looking cohesive. We probably weren't looking as if we were a good team. Um, but it. I think you know if you if you look at the if you look at how the team had changed from the season previous, there was quite quite a few changes. You know, I know mm. both me and Mel came in um, the season before, but I don't think we never played a lot. I think Mel got injured um, and missed the towards the end of the season. I came in probably played the last six seven games something like that. Barry Jones came in at the start of the season, so there was probably only Phil Hardy who was, was from the season before who'd been. Being whether he's a regular or not, you know. So there was there was a lot of changes, and I think there was a lot of gelling together that needed to be done. Um, yeah. And again, testament to you know to to the coaching staff, to Brian, to Kev and Joey, who who managed to get that out of us. And you know, it was it was, it was tough the start of the season. Now, one thing I do remember was um, from the the season previous, the ninety one ninety two season. Our last game was at uh, Burnley away. Oh, right, and Burnley, uh, Burnley had been promoted. I, think I know what this is going to be, <laughs> yeah. and and um, well, I, mean, I can tell the, t- well, the story about John Paskin, not that one. <laughs> well, we can have to tell us that one as well now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the, we 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 won the game two one. Burnley had been promoted, so it was a bit of a possibly a nothing game for them. But we won the game. There was a fantastic atmosphere. But Turf Moor was a full house um, towards the end of the game. You know the, the crowd were coming on. They're getting closer and closer to the pitch. The, the John Paskin thing was the ball got played up the line. Somebody actually came on and tackled him and, t- and took him out. <laughs> which, which you know, doesn't, doesn't, you wouldn't get away with it nowadays. But you know that was that was the game then, and that was how it worked. But we won the game two one. And at the end of the game, Brian Flynn said to us, "Believe me, this is going to be us next year." And again, just giving us that belief, giving us that, you know. And again, he brought quite a few players in. There was there was a you know again just just giving us confidence you know we we, we were we were, it was going to get us in the in the right place at the right time so that was that was the end of the season before so it had already started in terms of what what the, the coaching team were about how they wanted to go about it and how they wanted to push us and you know give us everything that we could that they could sorry um, and then you know as I say it started off slowly the the, the you know the following season the the promotion season. But but we got there, you know, we got there in the end. And one one game that one game or two games that stick out in my mind, which were back to back games, and it was October. Um, the crew away game, which we won't won't go into too much detail on. 
which I think everybody knows what happens happened. Um, then the following game, we played Halifax at home, and it was a horrible day. It was the pitch with the race course was boggy as anything. It was it wasn't a great performance. We were winning one 0 and I think there was about at best about eighteen hundred in the race course, so it was empty. We weren't, as I say, we we weren't you know doing great things. So you could understand it to a degree, and we conceded a last-minute equaliser. So we've gone from you know the previous week of getting battered, and then this one, you're thinking, oh my god, where where is it going? Where is it going? And I think the, the, at that time, those two games sort of gave us a lot of togetherness, and we we sort of obviously you know something happened, something clicked. And I think we won the next six on the bounce. Wow. You know, so you know, and we so we started. You know, obviously something clicked or something. Uh, it, deep in us, whether it was Joy and Kev, Brian, getting into us, and actually said, "Come on, you've you know you to do anything. We've got to you know you've got to dig in." But we, I think we won the next six, um, which then took us, got us on that roll, and got us going. I'm looking at that. So yeah, you, the Halifax game, then you drew Walsall, and then you won nine out of the next ten. Yeah, was that what it was? Yeah, uh, couple of couple of notable scores here. I don't think the defence had a great time this uh, day this afternoon, but it was a uh, Wrexham five, Chesterfield four. It was a conditions. Like... Conditions yeah. were awful. It was it was really nice. It shouldn't the game shouldn't have been played. Okay, all right. There's the <laughs> defenders union there. Um, there was a couple of people who came into the to the to the to the end of that that season. I think were quite quite important, but. The first one I want to mention, and it's quite simple, Mike Lake, discuss. Mike Lake w- was brilliant for us. Mm. He just came just came in at the right time. I think we were probably, I, I can't remember exactly when he came in, but we would we were obviously just hitting form. Confidence was building within the team. He came in, he came into a, a you know, a, a, a team that was just starting to pick up and just starting to get good. And obviously Mike had come from Sheffield United, um, big club. You know, he probably similar to myself. I would imagine Mike needed to be playing. I think. I think I read something not so long ago that he he'd started the season at Sheffield United in the in the team, and then and then was left out, and he needed to go out and play the age he was at. But he came in and he settled, set in straight away, and he just fitted like hand in glove. And there was you know great signing, you know good footballer. Did what we wanted to do. Give us a bit more physicality in there as well, because you know he's a good size, Mike. And yeah, it was he, he did he did great. And I know it took a little while to get. I think he came on loan first, didn't he? Before he signed permanently, it took a little while. And I think we missed him for a game or two, where he 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 was making a decision, or the club was making a decision whether to sign him or not. But in the end, he came, and you know that, what happened to the end of the season was just you know amazing, really, just fantastic. I mean, Lake was so good. I mean, I, I, I mean, I, you know, as I say, I was, I was a young lad, but the stuff he used to, to do, I'd not seen uh, at Wrexham before. Um, you could just tell he come from from higher level. I, I know what you say about him, him going back to Sheffield United. I think he actually played a couple of games for them, right, uh, yeah. a, and, and then came back to us for sixty grand. I will be honest, on loan he was brilliant. Um, and he was great for the end of that season. The next season, I don't know. It's yeah. something. Something didn't really. When, when, when we when we signed him permanently, just yeah, something didn't really it. work. Any, yeah. Can you put your finger on what that what that might have been, Tony? No, I I, I don't know. You know, you look at you look at different players. And everybody's different. Everybody's got different personalities. And whether it's whether he whether he enjoyed the challenge to start with, and then he, you know whether he 
you know, we we got promoted, so we went up a division. Or whether he thought he was maybe better than than our level, I don't know. I don't mm. know, but um, you know, it, it, I think the the one thing you've got to you've got to look at is just just to say it was great that season. We got promoted, and that's where you've got to just you know what happens afterwards is is you know disappointing, and I suppose it's it's for Mike to work out what 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 really happened in that in that respect. But you know, th- things move on. To, Times change, players change, and you, you've just got to get on with how it goes at the time. Another player who was uh, uh, about at that point, uh, Jimmy Case. Now, I think he came in towards the end of the season. Uh, I think I'm right in saying he was 38. Um, he still looked like he could look after himself. I'm going to put it that way. I mean, how, how what was he like to deal with on the training pitch? Was he was he the different from Bennett? Was he sort of always sort of on it? He was- or- he was brilliant. I, I don't. I don't think he was. He was on it as in terms of because yeah. of his, because of his age and he got through because of his experience. I think you know how, how many games Jimmy played. I'm not exactly sure, but the part he played in terms of being around the squad, whether he was on the bench or being around the players, just given that experience of of you know you know calming down when things weren't quite going right in certain games, encouraging. He was. He was brilliant. Jimmy was absolutely, you know, and what, you know, for somebody who's played at such a high level and so successful, you know, to come down and, and, and help us out, it, it was it was just, he was just an excellent person. Real, real top person. Yeah. Real good. Yeah. We've had that again. Uh, when Next time we got promoted uh, 10 years after we brought in a, an experienced midfielder, a lad called Scott, Scott Green. And I think it, it really sort of helped us through the last, the last yeah. few months again. Um. Right, I want to talk about three games that have sort of lasered onto my onto my brain. It was the last three games of the season, uh, beating Carlisle three uh, one, Northampton away, which I couldn't go to because I was because uh, I was too young, but Wrexham four, Colchester three. I don't I, I don't think I'll ever I'll ever forget just the, the game that so topsy turvy. I remember running on the pitch at the end. I got Cal Connolly's left sock, but, but <laughs> couldn't couldn't, um, couldn't keep hold of it. Uh, but it was just absolute scenes. I, I thought football's always going to be like this, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and wouldn't it be lovely if it was? Yeah, yeah. All the, just ups, not downs. That's uh, it's, it's a funny game in that respect. I, yeah, we we finished the season really well. I think was I'm not sure if the, it was the game previous where where we Cardiff beat us. Yeah, two 0 at home. Yeah. Yeah, and that was that was a little bit. To be fair, that was a little bit of the championship decider in the end, wasn't it? Who who actually kept, went up as champions? Because I think they were beat us by three points or two points or something. There was wasn't a lot in yeah. it. Um, but you know whether that was a good thing. It maybe took a few nerves away from us, and because we knew we probably had to win either all the games or at least two or three, two of them, it, maybe, it probably just maybe settled us a bit and said, no, we, we're good enough, we've done this. We've Since since Christmas, we've had this amazing run. Um, we, we've, we've got to sort of make sure that we get promoted because all of the hard work had been done. We just got had to finish it off. And, you know, the, the, the games were great. I think, we, I think we controlled certainly the first two. The Carlisle game, the Northampton game. That one was just a... <laughs> and and then because we were already up after the Northampton game, we'd already yeah. been promoted, hadn't we? So yeah, what what went on after the Northampton night probably affected us a little bit um on the ask... Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask just before I bring Tim and I was gonna ask when was the sort of main celebration? Was it after Northampton away on the way back? Or 
did you have something more after after Colchester back in Wrexham? No, it sounds it was, to me. <laughs> it was the Tuesday night. It was definitely the Tuesday night after the Northampton game. Yeah, it was. Uh, well and truly enjoyed on the bus on the way back and then in the boardroom when we got back to the race course. Yeah, it was uh, it was um, done to its best, shall we say. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely maxed out, yeah. Uh, Tony, so after all the elation of that of that season, going into the 93-94 uh, the one, I'm going to take you on a bit of a many, merry-go-round of um, particular games that I just kind of picked out that were some of my favourite ones. So yeah. one of the early... Sort of key games for me in that that ninety three ninety four season saw us come up against Nottingham Forest in the Coca Cola Cup. Yeah. I think you were on the bench for the first game. I'm pretty sure yeah. you were on the bench for the first I game. Think so, yeah. so you would have seen a young Stan Collymore run right yeah. or a yeah. hat trick. It ended up three each. Crazy game. Um, at that point, when when you're seeing a player of of his caliber, could you tell straight away? You know, looking on that. Is he going to be one of the next big things? Is it, is that something that you can you can tell straight away? Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. You can see. You can usually see. I mean, some of the some of them don't always come off. You know, some of them get that next start. I mean, I suppose you could look at you could look at somebody like Lee Jones, who did terrifically well for Wrexham, got the move to Liverpool, never quite quite did it. You know, so there's always there's always those who have that talent, but the the, the step. Up to a club like Liverpool, you know, for Lee was was huge, um, and for him to do anything there was 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 always going to be difficult for him. But you know, there's you still can't doubt he was a real talented young young boy and a, a, a damn good player as well. But yeah, there's there's other ones. I remember, I remember, I think it was when I first first finished playing. Brian Flynn took me to England under fifteen game against. Uh, where England were playing Wales, I can't remember where it was. It was was it um, Aston Villa? No, I don't think so. I think it was it was, it, it was in Wales somewhere. It was in I'm, I'm not sure where it was. I'm trying to think which ground it was at. Um, can't remember. It might not have been. Might have been anyway. But when Rooney was playing, all right. And yeah. you just looked at him. You looked after him, looked at looked at him after 10, 15 minutes. You thought, wow. And I know he he played when he was sixteen at Everton anyway, so he probably wasn't far off that. But you do you can you can usually tell who the young players who who are going to make it. You know, there's there's been some you know fantastic young players you know yeah. come through different different clubs and what have you what you've seen what you've played against and what have you. And yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of talent out there, and even more so nowadays with you know the academy systems that have progressed. Yeah. You know, over the last what 20, 30 years. There's some amazing talent out there. And it's just getting the opportunity because it's so hard to get into that, you know, Premier League now, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. True. Yeah. So going going back to that game, if you'd played that as the token hard as nails defender that you were, given <laughs> that it was it was Barry Jones, Phil Hardy, Mark Satori, and Mel Pedic. I know you said Mel was tough. Mark yeah. Satori was 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 pretty pretty nailed. Yeah, yeah <laughs> Carlo. Carlo was a big, strong boy, wasn't he? Quick and strong. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think you, you, you know, you, you, you take it when you're on the pitch. I think there's one of the things that you work out how to play against somebody. Mm. And you know, somebody like Stan Collymore, big, strong, anyway, in himself, wasn't he? He's probably six two, or or maybe even more, but athletic, quick. As I say, very strong. How you know? I might have just bounced off him. You never know. You know. So you, you might try to play him differently. Yeah. How you do? How you do? I don't. I don't know. You know. Without being on there, I don't know. And I remember we we lost the, the away game three 0 
Yeah. And you know, three one because Mel scored the header. Uh, Mel was right. the fourth man on the pitch. And he scored with the header. Yeah, that, that's you know the the um, it was a tough game. You know they were a good. They were a good team, good players, and whatever. So you know it, it was always going to be a handful for for any of us anyway. So. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, you know that, that you know you, you talk about that season thirty years ago. It's like you know try try, try to remember it all. It's it's difficult. <laughs> you, re- you remember the good times. You remember the success. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're the big ones, aren't they? Well, the speaking of a good time, speaking of a good time, going from one cup to another, and obviously Wrexham and, and the FA Cup are kind of synonymous. Yeah, one another really. Um, ninety four, ninety five, decent cup run, and then we come up against one of your old clubs. I'm, I'm assuming. That is the first time you'd come up against Ipswich Town. It must have been. Is yeah. it? So we we play them. I think it was the it was the third round because it was third round. United, which we'll yeah. come to in a minute. But obviously, Kizza, God rest his soul, scored a cracking volley. Um, take us through that one because Ipswich were, were top flight side at the time, if I remember rightly. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think so, they were, yeah, they were, I think they were struggling near the bottom, weren't they? I think yeah. um, I think they were struggling near the bottom of the table, and they they'd not long. Put George Burley in charge, I think. Um, yeah. And whether it had been there for a while or not, but yeah, it was the first time I've ever come across my old club, and obviously a big, big thing for me, um, wanting to do well. But again, I think we were, as a, as a team, we were, we were still on a roll from last season. You know, we, it, it's a big step. Any any promotion's a big step to, to to go up to the next level. But I think we were doing okay. I think we were holding our own in the in the you know the next division up, whatever it was. Then League Two was it. Is that what it was then, or yes, League One? Yeah, League One was it? Yeah. So it was, it was, you know, it was a, it was, you know, it was going to be tough for us, but we, I think we'd equipped ourselves okay in that division. I think we had again that bit of confidence, and um, you know, going into Ipswich is a big game for everybody on that pitch. You know, everybody's trying to prove themselves, and certainly myself against my old club. You know, you want to get one over against them, and you know, it was a. It was a, I think it was a tight game. It was a, again, I think the, the pitch was a bit heavy um, on the day, but you know, to, to get that win was, it was, you know, one of one of the defining moments of my career. The one, one of the ones you were saying about when you're saying about the, you know, the passion, the pride, you yeah. know, that's that that meant a lot to me from a from being told, you know, I've been there almost ten years. I think I joined in what was it, July August 1982 as a, as a 16, 15, 16 year old when I would left school. Being there, you know, as I say, nearly ten years, and then and um, that you know to to join Wrexham, be told, well, sorry, to be told that you know you're not wanted at the club anymore, and thankfully I joined Wrexham, and you know it went positively for me, and I just yeah. wanted to prove, probably prove a little bit to them to them that you know I, I, I can I can play at this level, I can play against that type of player and whatever. So yeah, I mean, you know, it was it was it was, it was yeah, a big moment in my my career, yeah, proud moment. Career. And the reward for that, obviously, we, we knew what the reward was going to Old Trafford. Um, mm. Then, with the whole circus surrounding at the time, because Cantona obviously got sent off at, yeah. at Palace. So he was there for nowhere to be seen. Um, we were singing, Who um, are Where's Cantona and all this sort of yeah. stuff. What, what, what was that like as an occasion? Because, I mean, to, to be fair to Alex Ferguson, he, did, he showed Wrexham a lot of respect with the side that he put out because it was a strong, strong team. Yeah, it was. It was. And, 
you know, we the thing we you know, we started the game very well, didn't we? You know, is yeah. it was like you say, it was it was credit to ourselves that that they did put put out the players and the and the strength of the team. But we we actually started the game well, and and Kizza scored after it was seven minutes, nine minutes, whatever it was. Yeah. It was, it was, it was like... off, and um, <laughs> he, you know, it was it was a great moment for us all. You know, personally. Again, another another proud moment for myself to to lead Wrexham out at Old Trafford in front of I think then it was forty five thousand people or whatever it was, you know, fantastic moments, to you know, fantastic great memories for myself. But the the, the game, you know, itself was probably one of the toughest I've ever <laughs> played in, and as much as as much as I say I was proud to take the team out and that was a huge thing for myself, I then possibly. Uh, didn't have the best game I ever had. With, well, you uh, scored at Old Trafford. I, I, know, I, I, flicked, I flicked a lovely one right in the bottom corner that Andy Murray couldn't get down to. Um, and then I think it was maybe maybe three minutes later, I think I gave a penalty away by taking Paul Ince down. Oh, wow. <laughs> but these things happen against you know good players. But good memories, all the same, positive, negative, good memories. Yeah, I think we were only like one of three teams to score twice at Old Trafford that season. Yeah. I think yeah. we, Just we, before we move on. That that was probably one of the seven best minutes of my life. Taking the lead against <laughs> wow. against yeah yeah against against United at Old Trafford. I didn't know what to do for those seven minutes. <laughs> maybe we didn't as well. Maybe maybe us on the pitch didn't know that as well. Like, oh, what would we do now? Yeah, maybe if I'd been playing centre half. <laughs> Result aside, everything was great. That that black and gold kit, the the, the fan worship at the end. Yeah. I remember all the players doing that. It's just amazing. But it was it was a great day, wasn't it? You, you know, great day to remember. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think Wrexham FA Cup, you kind of always crave more, and we did. So you know, we then look at the the ninety six ninety seven season. You can't stray anywhere than looking beyond the, the cup in that season. We get to the quarterfinals, right? So. Yeah. We navigate two replays early doors. I think it was Colwyn Bay and Scunthorpe. Mm. Then we come up against West Ham. Col- Col- Colwyn Bay, didn't we? Didn't we equalise in the last ten minutes? Think, to, yeah, to, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the first I'm round, we were sure. yeah. I think Brian Hughes scored in every round, pretty much. Um, he was unbelievable. But yeah. going to West Ham, hosted West Ham, um, snow everywhere. Harry Redknapp whinging, playing with an orange ball. He, he makes a, an example that Hugo Porfirio, his, his Portu, Portuguese signing, had never seen snow before. And I think it was something like, when, when we get him back to Upton Park, we'll beat him. Um, the rest is history, and it belongs to Kevin Russell um, with, a, with a very last, late, great, beautiful strike, bottom yeah. corner. How, let, let's go from there. I mean, j- just going back to that, did that stick in the gullet a bit when Redknapp comes out and says, right, well, you know, whatever, we'll get him back to our place and we'll sort it then. I think it was words to that effect. It was a little bit almost like, well, a little bit arrogant. Yeah, yeah, I think you, you're always going to get that, aren't you? I think as a as a player, you use words like that to, to drive yourselves even more, don't you? I think you, you have to, as a, as a collective group as well, you've got to believe that, well, we drew with them in our place, why can't we, you know, do as well at their place? And I think over the over the game we showed that we could. I think we we, we put a real good performance up. Um, I wasn't. I don't think there was much in the game. You know, there was. They, they were they were had a few chances. I suppose you could always say you're going to be under pressure against the Premier League team, but we we withstood it. And as you say, Rooster's goal, and the in the last minutes, you know, it's a goal to win any game, isn't it? 
But yeah. what a great, you know, a great feeling. Absolutely. To, to go down to a Premier League club, you know, I think we actually, didn't we go down there and it was as a, as the first replay and it was called off on a Tuesday night. Because oh, yeah. yeah. So we, we travelled down there already um, and, and came, and obviously the game was called off, came back and then went down, whether it was the same week or not, I can't remember. But yeah, to, to you know, to, to go through that and, and and still go down and put a performance on is is fantastic. And again, testament testament to a, a you know a good group of players. Yeah, and then the reward for that was a little bit well, okay. Peterborough United mm. could have been a lot lot better, to be honest. Mm. However, it presents a decent opportunity to progress. You know, ultimately we're. we're, we're You've just beaten a side containing Frank Lampard, Rio Ferdinand, Julian Dix. Um, why can't we go to Peterborough? And again, I think Brian Hughes made it the Brian Hughes show. Just unbelievably gifted midfielder. Yeah. I obviously don't know what he went on to achieve. And then I think Barry Fry was in charge, wasn't he? I think he was normally in charge of Peterborough at that time. So yeah. I think we we thought then was that four two, I want to say. Yeah, four two, yeah. Great game. Real yeah. Real proper cup tie it was, yeah. It was. I and think that, we were. I think we went. Did we? Did we go two one down? And Barry yeah. Fry was doing his celebration <laughs> down the touchline, you know, as if they'd won the World Cup and what have you. But then, then we, you know, we, we, you know, we. I think in the end, we, we, we were too strong for them, and you know, put a put a, a real good performance in. And as you say, Brian Hughes always had that knack of being in the right place at the right time and good quality yeah. finisher. She went cold and was a real good finisher. So I think I remember it being a, a real good game of football. Yeah. But not as good as the fifth round. Right? <laughs> the fifth round, Birmingham City, St Andrews, I think it was five or 6,000 Wrexham fans there. Um, You score to put us 2-1 up. I'm going to play it back to you to bring back some memories. I'm sure you've played it before, but here yeah. we go. Yeah, What a near post header that was. Was that all? Was, uh, that, well, I was, was, that, was that a training ground move? Because Wardy's delivery for two of those goals was unbelievable. Yeah, of course it was. We, we did it every day. Practiced it. Yeah, of course. <laughs> no, I think, yeah, it would, it, would, it would have been. It, it would have been. Um, God, I can't remember now. 30, 30 years ago, I can't remember. But it, it, it would have been because, you know, you, you have your movements of people clearing space and, you know, people attacking certain areas. Um, but as you say, you know, Wardy had a, had a wand to the left foot, didn't he? He just put it in an area. And I was I was in front of the near post and just managed to get enough power on it that, the, you know, the, the keeper couldn't keep it out. Um, but again, an, another amazing day. Real, real fantastic memory that one was because it was. Yeah. Um, I think you know we we thoroughly deserved it. You know, on the on the day there, there was no there was no question that we were the better team on the day. And I think again, just just that confidence kept building within us. You know, so it was it was yeah again another another great a great memory and a great great moment for the club in, yeah. in the FA Cup. One of the top top away days I've ever experienced. It was just everything about it was was amazing. Um, with the highs come the lows. So, <laughs> I know where I you're going. A lot, a lot of us, me included, I don't know about you, Andy, I queued up overnight, maybe 12, 13 hours or whatever it was, to get a ticket for Chesterfield away. <laughs> Chesterfield away in the quarterfinals of the FA Cup. Yeah. That did happen, kids. That did happen. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it was, I think it was, I think it was on the Sunday, it was televised on BBC Wales. Um, earliest kickoff, if I remember rightly. Yeah, 
12 o'clock. There's o'clock. only one question to ask on Nick. Yeah, there's, there's only, only one, one question. question. I mean, just what, what, why, what, what, what happened? Because they're in Brace and Andy Marriott. Usually you'd put your hat on them being some of the most reliable performers. Hmm. What happened? What happened? Yeah, it was just obviously a, a miscommunication. I would say that's what that's what that's what happened, and, and and it does happen in games like that, and certainly in big games with with a lot on it. Um, and I think you know you you can you can you can pick that out. We can we can pick a lot of things out of of what did happen. One of my memories of of the game itself was, I think we started off the first 15, 20 minutes really really well, controlling the game. Really playing, playing through midfield, getting using width, you know, every, everything we want to do without possibly either creating enough chances or, or, or scoring a goal. And then, after, as I say, it must be 15, 20 minutes. Everything was going through through Peter Ward, um, through midfield, in my opinion. Somebody absolutely smashed him. Um, and I, I would imagine that would have been to say, right, stop them playing, stop them playing. And and I think Wardy got through another, I don't know, maybe another 40, 45 minutes before he came off, you know, trying to, but he, he, we just lost him from the game. Um, and I think that changed the game. That changed our, you know, our, our style of play to, to to such. And Chesterfield were under John Duncan, one of my ex-managers at the time. Uh, so not the, the, he was the manager of Chesterfield at the time, were very direct. Uh, they had the big lad up front, and I think he he was the one who either hooked it, hooked the ball on or flicked it on from a from a long ball, um, and then came the misunderstanding between you know Darren and Andy, and you know, say these things happened. Somebody needed to take control, didn't do it, and we all know what happened, which was you know it's a huge disappointment for yeah. for us. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Football things happen, mistakes happen. You know, yeah. we're all everybody's a you know an individual, the person at the end, and don't always make the right decisions. Um, but yeah, massively disappointing supporters, players, everybody. It was a it was a real, real tough you know tough situation to get over yeah. when, when I, something when something like that is so close to you. It's FA yeah. Cup semi final. That's it's huge, isn't it? So. Yeah. I, 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 how do how do you pick yourself and the players up in that situation to know that, especially when you see how close Chesterfield took Middlesbrough yeah. in, in the semis as well. Well, they should have gone through, shouldn't they? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Robbed of a goal, weren't they? Clearly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think it's you know it, it comes down to it comes down to personal pride. At the end of the day, it's 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 a game. We we lost it. You know, huge as it was, you've got to get over because you're back to doing your job. You've got to you've got to go and try and win the next game. That's your job. That's what we had to do. I think we did. I think we the next game we played, I think we we played on a on the was that whether it was the next the next week or whatever, but we I think we won at home two 0 against Luton. And we thought, all right, okay, we we've got over it. And I think we had a bit of a bad time after that. I think it <laughs> so it didn't it didn't last that long. Um getting over it. But you know, huge again, huge occasion, huge opportunity and huge possibilities for all of us. You know, fans included everything. It was, it was, and it was just at the end of the day, it was just a bit of a letdown, wasn't it? That's that's mm-hmm. all you can say. But it happens. You know, it happens. So anyway, every every time we get a guest on on the uh, on the pod, I think you might have alluded to it earlier when we we asked you for a fearless moment, the one that gives you the most pride. 
you mentioned it might have been the Ipswich game. Was, does, does that override you getting the captaincy? Is there any other specific moments for you that you think, yeah, that's the one that stays with me? I think that, you know, as I said, the, the, the beating Ipswich in that cup game, leading the, the team out at Old Trafford in front of 45,000. But nothing will be getting promoted at the end of the season. Nothing will be. That'll be the biggest thing because, you know, you, you, you're in it. It's a game. You want to do well. You want to succeed. And to have any type of success is not is not easy. Not every player who who, who plays who has a career in football has any success. And you know, I would say that that is 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 the one where you think, well, you, you know, you've played. I think we played forty two games that season, whatever it was. Yeah. We we you're together as a squad. You're together as a group of players. You're living with each other day in day out. You're you're working together, and to get something at the end of it. I think is 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 the overriding thing that you've got to be proud of. It's it was that that was that that will always be it for me. Yeah, yeah. That was a special one, especially to to sort of push Cardiff pretty pretty far as well. I think I think it might have been York that went up too. Yeah. Um, going into the, the sort of the, la- the last couple of seasons for you, ninety seven, ninety eight. I think I don't know if it was a, if it was a, a sort of injury hit season for you, in and out of the side, and mm. then we go into the ninety eight, ninety nine, your last season with us. Um, Ian Rush arrives. Yeah. Uh, one through the door. Uh, there's this big hoo-ha. We beat Red in 3-0 on the opening game of the season. We're definitely going to go up. What was it like playing with him? Because there's there's always this suggestion there that maybe he was almost too intelligent and too good for some of the players, the, the, the some of the passes the players are trying to pick. Was he like that? What was he like? I think, you know, the, the, you're playing at different levels, aren't you? So you, you, maybe his expectancy of... Of where the ball should be at a certain time, or how how it should be played at a certain time, probably, and it didn't happen. Probably, probably did affect it a little bit. Um, again, what would I say about Ian Rush? Absolutely top bloke, brilliant. You know, for somebody who's done so much in the game to come down to Wrexham and play for, you know, play for us at that level was was, was superb. Um, great around the place, just didn't score a goal, did he? That's. that's <laughs> Who, who, who had the better moustache, him or Mel Pedgick? Oh, Pedge all, all day long. Pedge is the best at everything in my eyes. He's my mate, and he's you know he's he's uh, we, we we played together, we were strong together, and nothing would beat him. One, one thing, to one thing I've, got to say about, I've got to say about Pedge as well during the during the the promotion season. Um, the, you know, we we were on a, we were on this run. We were we were winning games mainly. We were drawing games, and we had a few tough games. We went up to Darlington on a Tuesday night, and uh, losing one nil, you know, we'd created a lot of chances, hadn't taken them. And you think, oh, this is going to be one where we, you know, we're not going to get anything out of. And then Pedge comes up in the, I don't know whether it was injury time or 89th minute, you know, it's a volley into the top corner to to get us a point, and it's like. Unbelievable! How's that, that old man get up there? How does he do that? And but just amazing. That just and again, that's one of the another memory where you know we sent a half colleague there. He comes up with that, and you think, wow, fantastic, you know, brilliant, wild, Andy. Yeah, I want to take you uh, on to what happened after you after you uh, quit playing, uh, which was the academy. Now. Um, you took over from I think was it ninety nine to two thousand and one. Brian yeah. was very very hot on the academy. It was his sort of big thing. Yeah. Any sort of money that that he got from players or cup runs went to the academy. He thought it was very important. How good was that academy back then? And what what do you think could have been achieved if it had carried on? 
Um, I think uh, I think like any any academy when it's when it's in its infancy, it's always hard to get things moving, to get things going, and you've you've got to be patient. You know, you have to be patient. I think the 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 uh, Premier League clubs um, had had academies going or centre of excellence, which had grown into academies. So they've had these youth systems going for a long, long time. Um, and I know Wrexham had a good youth policy for around the area by putting putting players from you know local clubs and everything to to put the but the academy in place was a was a big step for a for a smaller club, um, and I think like anything, if you give it time, you're going to get the rewards. You just have to you just have to be patient. But that obviously depends on what's happening at the top end of the club. If the if the club's not been successful and eventually dropped out of the league, you know it's it's hard to keep those things going you, you have to say what is a priority as a as an owner you have to accept that but anything needs needs longevity to you know to to be successful you know whether you know, whatever side of it but you know i believe in the academy program i've worked in it you know at, at every club i've been at, at Wrexham, at ipswich at, at colchester and i think given given time and given you know the the, the support they're, they're very positive things you know there's possibly it's it's difficult to to gauge you know wh- where you're getting your successes and certainly when you when you're looking at the the amount of players that go through the system it's at the top level that don't get to where they should get to maybe because of money etc they do they get too much too soon and they lose their hunger for the game I don't know but I'm a firm believer in it I, I love it I love seeing you know, young players. You know, I came through that at Ipswich, and I was given my opportunity there as a young player. You know, came to Wrexham from Ipswich. Young masses of young players came through, got their opportunity. Some moved on, some didn't, um, and then you know went back to Ipswich after that. Worked in their academy. You know, worked with the, the likes of some players like you know Darren Bent, uh, Darren Ambrose, Connor Wickham. You know, players who've gone on to top top level. You know, so it does work. I'm a yeah. big believer in it, and then, you know, when I when I went to Colchester, I set up the academy there. They, they've still got it, and we've had some good players come through there who are playing, you know, at a high level. So I'm massive believer in it. Yeah, I just want to talk about Wrexham need to get back to that level. They need to start producing players again. To to you know, the, the, there's a few odd, few sort of starts that they're they're making now, but I think. Now they're back in the league. They're looking towards more of central actions, even academy. Is there any tips you could give them on how to sort of kickstart this now and how to really sort of produce players? Because you know they've got quite a huge area to, to pick from, really. Isn't they? Well, they have. I mean, you know, you look at you look at you know Liverpool, Manchester, the amount of kids that are around in those areas, and you know the, the, that's that. that that you can you can maybe not get the best ones that go to those clubs or whatever, but you can you can certainly compete with with the other clubs that are, that are similar. So I think you just got to you just got to be patient. You have to you have to have a have a good recruitment program. You have to have the right people in the right place who are going back to what we were saying about Brian Flynn and Kevin Reeves and Joey Jones earlier, who believe in what they're doing, who give belief to those players and and can really push them. You know, I, I think if you if you if you Given that to kids, if you're giving them enough enough confidence to believe in themselves, their their quality will come through. And you know you, you you have to you have to give them every opportunity to to prove themselves. It's going to take. There's not many that come through at a very young age. Certainly nowadays, because the game is so much more physical. 
um, at, at, at every level now. Um, it's hard for young 16, 17-year-olds unless they've already physically developed to, you know, to get in that first team at a young age nowadays. You have to give them a bit more time. You just have to believe in them. Um, as Andy alluded to, Tony, we've got Colchester on Saturday. Before we uh, discuss that, did you uh, are you sort of familiar with Phil Parkinson? I know he he's obviously joined Colchester while you were still at Ipswich. But do, do you know of him? Did you ever get a chance to meet him? Um, I've come across Phil a couple of times when I was manager of Colchester, when I managed Colchester for mm. a short space of time, um, when he was at Bradford. Um, uh, so that, that's the only times I've come across Phil. Good guy, very knowledgeable, very, very good motivator. Um, and, you know, he's he's done wonders what with what, you know, what's been given to him at, at, at Wrexham. I think he's, he's the right person for the job and he's showing that. So, you know, I'm, I, I have nothing but positive to say about Phil with my experience of him. Um, and just hopefully he sees it through and takes, you know, Wrexham back up this year. Yeah. I mean, how how tricky is that? I mean, with your manager's hat on, obviously having that amazing budget and is is brilliant, but it doesn't half increase the pressure on you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does, and again, that comes down to it comes down to the quality of your players and and the messages that you're giving them. If you're giving them, you know, simple enough messages and the confidence to go out and play, which you know it seems as if it, he is doing. Um, then he's just got, you know, Phil's been around long enough now and had enough success in the game to, he's had, you know, way more success than I have. He's, you know, he's been a manager for a long, long time. So he, he, um, he, he obviously knows what he's doing. He's got a formula to how he works. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I would imagine, like anything, he'll go, he'll go back to he tried and tested at times. You know, when things don't go right, he'll go back to, to what he knows and how he, what he believes in. Um, mm-hmm. But as I say, I think if, if 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 they stick to what they're doing, you know, hopefully, fingers crossed, they'll, you know, they'll get that promotion again this year. Yeah, let's hope so. Um, team not looking like they're going to get promoted this year, unfortunately. Are uh, Colchester? I think they lost the last four in a row. Um, you know, I know obviously you were very involved there and only left recently, sort of the start of this season. Um, I mean, how do you see Saturday going a bit, uh, especially with Wrexham's home record? I'd imagine you haven't got much confidence that Colchester can uh, cause an upset. Well, both, you know, I spent a lot, of, a lot of my life at both clubs, you know, as a, mm. nearly nine and a half, ten years at, at Wrexham, um, mm. you know, 14 years I was at Colchester. So, you know, great affinity for both mm. clubs. But, you know, it, it seems it seems as if, you know, the at the minute, you know, Wrexham is going on a, on a massive high trajectory and you know real positives about it Colchester for the last few years has been has been difficult you know they've mm. they've you know whenever there's um you know there, there's been a little bit of trouble there's been a little bit of investment to bring players in which seems to have got them out of the out of the you know relegation spaces and and not you know they stayed stayed away from relegation into the into the conference um um over the last few years but this season hasn't really changed, you know, in, in terms of the the way it's gone. And even though they've invested a little bit more in players, um, they're a they're they're quite a young team. They've got a little bit of little bit of experience in there, but I would say more more than not, they're a, they're a young team. So again, going back to that that famous old thing, confidence isn't probably the highest there. Mm-hmm. So I would imagine Phil's probably getting his team wound up to get into Colchester pretty early and get after them and and. Mm-hmm. And and see if they can put them under pressure and get that early goal. Yeah. That's that, that's what you would say because the confidence isn't great. And if they you know, concede an early goal, you know, who knows what might happen. 
but they've got some, you know, they've got some good players. They've got some talented boys. They've got a little bit of experience in them. Matt Jay, John Kindy, um, Tom Hopper. You know, they, they've been around. You know, they've got some good players, young players. But as I say, it's you, you look at the game and you would think, you know, Wrexham are the, are the favourites to start with. But we know football, how, what can happen, don't we? Oh, yes, we do. But, um, yeah, I think let, let's hope that Wrexham can uh, uh, make sure we get a win. It's the type of game that we have to be winning, obviously, if we want to get promoted. Um, but also, you know, Colchester, good league club. So I hope they can uh, they can turn things around before it does get too dangerous for mm. them. Um would you mind staying with us, Tony, to do our predictions for next Saturday? Um, Andy, do you want to go first? Wrexham versus Colchester. Uh, yeah. should, we, should, we, should we just do the quick fire before we do predictions? Yes, please do. Sorry, I forgot. Oh, you, you always forget about the quick fire. Um, <laughs> Tony, whatever pops into your head from your time at Wrexham, who is the most skillful? Paul Connolly. Oh, good. Popular, good answer. popular answer good for me. Yeah. Favourite ever player, Cal Connolly. Um, who was the worst dressed? Oh, God. Mark Satori. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you. Carlo, I just pulled that out of nowhere. Sorry. Um, who was the most underrated player who didn't really get the plaudits? Um, I think you, you could say you could say a, a couple there. For me, Two players who were, who were, who I thought should have done much better and gone on to bigger, better things were Gareth Orne and Phil Hardy, both real good young players, and you know had a had a decent career played, but I think could have gone higher and played higher. Whether they were underrated or not, I don't know. I think you can maybe just look that from the outside and say because they didn't go anywhere, nobody felt they could take a gamble on them. Um, but. You know, they, there was. I think there's there's a lot of, a lot of players playing at this level who are who are underrated, but are real good players. Mickey Thomas said Gaz, didn't he, Andy? He did. Yeah, a lot of people have said Gaz. Yeah, uh, just because... just on Gaz, he's making he's making good progress on his recovery from his. Yeah, stress, I've been so. in touch with a few people, and yeah. uh, so hopefully he's, he he comes through and you know, get, yeah. he's a strong and at the end of the day, he's a strong yeah. boy. He is. Um, who was the biggest moaner? Oh, Benno. Yeah. 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 He just moaned about anything, but then just laughed after laughed afterwards. He was, you know, great great character, you know. But loved it, but loved to mourn. He he loved to mourn about 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 everybody, about, about this and that and what have you. But yeah, good 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 character to have in the dressing room as well, though. You know. Yeah. You could always you could always rely on it, having a laugh with him in there. And finally from me, which person would you least like to fight? Oh, Mel Pedgick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How strong yeah. was Mel then? Because when, well, when I look at Mel, I mean, I've, you know, I've known Mel for years and I, n- I never really thought hard man, mostly because he's so nice. But yeah, yeah. Strong. He's just a real strong. He's just solid. Just solid. Not a lot of him, but just, you know, he's just solid. You did, you wouldn't want to run into him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's, he was, he, he was, he wasn't outwardly aggressive in terms of that. I suppose the only other person you could say who was nuts and who did lose it was Barry Hunter. You know, right. he, he, could, he could lose it like that, but he's an Irishman, isn't he? Not an Irishman, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. But he, yeah, uh, yeah. Either of those two, I would say. Fair enough, um, Tony. Thanks so much for your time. Very quickly before you leave, let's do predictions. Tim, do you want to go first? Colchester, Wrexham at the racecourse on Saturday. 
Yeah, I think it'll be nice, straightforward 3-1 to Wrexham, I think. It's the kiss of death, that, isn't it? I'm going to say... I'm going to say a 2-0. I'm also going to say that we'll be solid. Um, we've got no excuses because Coach Star in a bit of trouble at the moment. Lost four in a row, as I said. So, yeah, 2-0. Uh, Andy? I think what Tony alluded to uh, a couple of minutes ago, I think if we score early, I think it could be quite a tough a- afternoon for, for Colchester. And I think it could be a 3 0 If If we score early, if not, it'll be more nervy. You know, but I'm going to go 3-0. I think we are going to score early. Tony? Tony, um, <laughs> I would say 2-1. 2-1. Two two one. One. Yeah, with maybe culture to scoring early and then Wrexham working their way back in but just being too strong at the end. That's fair enough. Um, no no sitting on the fence. That's good. <laughs> like that. No, that's fair. You can't see anything else on a Wrexham podcast, can you? Tony, thank you uh, so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And we know that lots of the listeners to this podcast who've been keen to have you on for quite some time will be will be very pleased uh, to have listened. So thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you very much. It's been been a, a great honour to you know to be asked and, and come on there. I even wore the shirt in your honour. I can just about fit into it. <laughs> Looks good. Thank you very much. Just one note before we go, Andy and Tim, you'll be interested in this. Um, on the note of Tim's terrible songs, Oconquo songs, um, I think we've got one on the, on the YouTube, last video, YouTube video for last week's podcast, possibly a worse one. So it's from Top Cat 8803, uh, not to be confused with Top Cat 8804. Um, to the tune of Merry Christmas Slade. So here he is, Arthur Conquo, and he's shit hot in the goal. Look to the future now, he's only just begun. So Tim, you are not the worst... uh, (laughs) You're not the the worst terrorist chant writer out there. Bottom cat. It's gravitated away from terrorist chunk writing now, just more for shits and giggles and and to satisfy my own humour. But that's still a a, a valiant effort. It's a but thank you for the comment. We do appreciate it. Uh, And thank you, as ever. You can get in touch with us in a variety of different ways. Uh, Please do. We might check it. We might not. But we do appreciate all the messages. Uh, So thank you so much. And we'll see you next week. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. Bye.